Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is Andy Gutierrez from StarWars.com, and you are listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. This is the podcast you're looking for. This is James Arnold Taylor, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Hmm, I have a good feeling about this. And here we are. Welcome back to another episode of CWK Live every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm your host, Dan Zara, thrilled to be talking Star Wars with each and every one of you. Hello, everybody. It is great to see all of you on this Tuesday evening. Looks like we've got a lot of our friends here with us. Let's bring in... Mary Purdue, hello Mary. It's Mando and Bad Batch Eve. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Good to see you, Mary. Mean to this is the way. It's CWK Day. Love it. Jason is here and Henrik. They are both ready to go. Welcome back, friends. Hello, Terry. Hey, hey, hello to you, my friend. And Brian is back. This is a Tuesday. Glad to be back. I've been helping build a set for my son's spring high school production on Tuesdays. Oh, great. What is the production? I'm sure it is going to be excellent so it's good to see you good to see all of you here on the show we've got a really fun one it is action-packed because we've got not only your top five for the bad batch but also of course for the premiere episode of season three of the mandalorian i've got a happy little graphic here let's pop that up for everyone there we go We've got your top five moments from Metamorphosis and from The Apostate. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Josh is here. Hello, Josh. Good to see you. Terry says it's going to be a fun-filled night tonight with everything to fit in. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. And David is here. Hello, Dan and CWK family. Hello, David. Looking forward to spending the Halcyon uh, cruise with you, buddy. Brian says the show is you can't Take it with you. Oh, interesting. So much Star Wars. When did we get so lucky? Hello, Ben. Good to see you, buddy. I know we've got a lot to enjoy, don't we? So let's go ahead and take a look at what is brewing in the world of Star Wars this week. All right, as we do every week on CWK Live, this is the part of the show where we take a look at what is brewing in the world of stars, whether it is news, collectibles, or just things that are happening. And there's a lot of things that are happening. Liberty is also here. Hello, Liberty. It's been a while. I wanted to check in with you fine people. Hello, Liberty. Great to see you. And Daniel is here, too. We're, we've got a an action-packed house. Let's scoot all the tables in in our cafe, in our coffee with Kenobi, CWK Cafe, Put everybody together so we can all chat about some Star Wars. Well, 
as you know, uh, again, throughout the show, we're going to be talking about the Bad Batch and Mando. But first, we've got some really cool, exciting things to talk about. They announced the panels today for Star Wars Celebration Europe. And there's a lot of great stuff there. Our good friend Clayton Sandell is hosting an ILM panel with design legend Doug Chang. And that is going to be great. I'm looking forward to that. And there are a lot of great things. I highly encourage you to go to StarWars.com or StarWarsCelebration.com for a breakdown. And, of course, our good friend James Burns at Jedi News also has a post there, too. But let's look at some merchandise. Some merchandise. Liberty is not prepared for the top five. I love the episodes. No problem. Liberty, just sit back and enjoy. Have your coffee and enjoy with us. So first thing, Hasbro, everything is uh, Mando Mando Mania. Every week there are new releases of things from The Mandalorian and sometimes from the book of Boba Fett. But this week, the first thing that I wanted to share, which was a reveal, was the Mando's N1 Starfighter. This is a the speed run. And it is from the Star Wars Mission Fleet line from Hasbro. I thought that was a really great picture of a young man playing with this wonderful new toy. Really, really nice looking and so much fun. Terry says, no worries, Liberty. I usually contribute without preparation. Hey, that's great. And I won't know the difference, honestly. I, I don't I don't have a rubric, so you are good to go. But, I mean, you know me. This retro stuff is absolutely the way to go for me. We have got Boba Fett himself uh, from the Sands of Tatooine when he becomes a member of the Tusken tribe. And it is absolutely fabulous looking. So, Terry, Daniel says, is that a Happy Meal toy? I don't know. You know, you got me thinking I clicked the wrong thing that they sent me. But no, it's, this is that's the real deal. That is the real deal. Uh, Terry says, I'm in retro heaven. Can't wait for these to be released. All we know right now is they're fall. Uh, and I think it looks fabulous. It very much looks like Tamura Morrison, but really fantastic. And there are so many. This is just the first one, but he's even got that little Gaffney stick, which is so cool. And then this one, to me, this is the absolute crown jewel in the whole wave. This is Cad Bane as seen in the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I try to include the packaging. And then I've got the actual figure, a little bit more of a close-up with his double blasters, that great trench coat. And they've got it in that classic 70s and early 80s style that Kenner used to have. And that is the inspiration behind these retro figures. So many for wonderful ones to choose from. But that Cad Bane, I mean, come on. That, to me, that is as cool as it gets. Then we've got Fennec Shan. I know Ross Holliban couldn't join us tonight, but he loves Fennec Shan, and I'm sure... He thinks that is a really, really cool figure. Again, the sculpts are so fun. They're not supposed to be completely photorealistic, but similar because they remind us of the classic Kenner line. And I think this is a great look at Ming-Na Wen's character from the book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. Complete with that epically long blaster and the helmet that goes on and off, which I think is very cool. It reminds me of those great figures from the Return of the Jedi line, like the Lando Calrissian uh, as a skiff guard, in skiff guard disguise, disguise. Daniel says, "I wonder if the little lizard comes with Fett. You know, it doesn't look like it in the pictures they sent me, so I don't think so. But man, uh, that would be great. That'd be great. Now it does say though, final product may vary, so maybe they will throw it in. I, I'm not sure. 
If I get a chance to talk with Hasbro Daniel, I will ask them that. Now we've got Grogu, and I want to be really clear on this. So these are the images that we have on the left is the package. On the right is what Grogu looks like on the back of Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker. Now you can get the vintage or retro, I shouldn't say vintage, sorry, that means a very different thing. My apologies. The retro line, Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi, I'm assuming this is the one on the right. So this Grogu does not come with Luke. But if you have Luke or a classic version of Luke, that is how the backpack will look with on Luke with Grogu in it. Comes with the backpack, comes with that little frog, which of course is a great sequence from the book of Boba Fett. Ben says, I think we need some Anzellians soon. Boy, wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? Terry says that Grogu with the pack is amazing. It's pretty sharp. It looks like a similar sculpt. I'm going to go to my live feed real quick so you can see. I think I've got, yeah. The I'm going to show you. So this is, trying to grab him so he doesn't fall. So this is the Grogu, the retro Grogu that came out like last year or two years ago. Super cute, right? Absolutely adorable. Come on, focus camera. Oh, well, you get the idea. So I'm assuming it's a very similar to this one, but it comes with a backpack. So that's pretty fun. I'm just going to keep the little guy here with me. Here, look, it's to scale. Minta says she's going to need to build a separate room for all the extra Star Wars merch. Oh, Minta, I know, but just wait. So there's Grogu again. Now look at that one, Chrysanthemum. This is Chrysanthemum from the book of Boba Fett. I was so excited with the possibility of making a retro figure from the moment they showed him in the book of Boba Fett. Now, to me, the fur looks a little more grayish than it does grayish black, but that really doesn't matter all that much. And it looks like it's a similar build to the classic Chewbacca, but of course he's a little bit wider. I feel like Chrysanthemum is a little bit larger in stature than Chewbacca anyway. So to me, this is a must get. In fact, I'm looking at these and I'm thinking, yeah, I may have to open these because they're fabulous. So Chrysanthemum, an absolute highlight both in the series and then as a retro figure. So cool. Blake says, hey, everyone, I'm late. Was doing dishes. Blake, no worries, man. Good to see you. We are just showing off the new stuff that was released for Mando Mania and the retro line. We're about halfway through. Now, here is the new Mandalorian. And this one comes with the Darksaber, which is pretty sweet. Uh, Jason says, Blake, I was almost late for the same reasons. You know what's ironic? I was doing dishes right before I turned on the camera, too. How about that? Ben says, one to open, one to keep. And I've been doing that for so long, but I've literally, not figuratively, but literally run out of room in the studio. So unless I get rid of some things, I don't know. But that is what this new Mandalorian looks like from the Book of Boba Fett. Again, complete with a Darksaber. Pretty awesome. Next, I, I think this is another uh, absolute home run. This is a Tusken Raider from... It says Tusken Warrior. Now, the the under the underneath, it looks like it's got a darker the darker cloak, but the exterior is a lot more of the, the brownish sand color from the classic Tusken. So I'm not sure if this is the one that's that great warrior that trains Boba Fett. It doesn't look like it to me. I feel like the 
the head sculpt is too too light brown. Either way, this is amazing because you've got the classic cloth of the original Kenner line, but it's modernized. It's got it's a different cut. It's got that sort of hood around it, and then folds down into a robe. And I absolutely love this. This isn't to me. This is one of the best looking Tuscans that I've ever seen. Josh says, guess you're going to need to call a contractor and build out a bigger studio. You know, someday that would be so fun. I like the way you think, Josh. Blake says, I love a, ran a retro Rancor figure with Boba riding it. Take my money. Boy, that would be awesome. Terry says, looks like the darkened Tuscan robe mold, but looks great with a newer cloak. That's what I'm kind of thinking, too. Really tremendous stuff. All right, now uh, this is a Beskar limited edition phone case but in that imperial smelt with the little imperial insignia on the bottom right that you recognize from the first season of the mandalorian and i i love that i i highlighted that on on coffee with kenobi's website too because i just think it's really sharp looking what a clever idea for a cell phone case and then you've got a new lego that i think people are very excited about as you should be. It's pretty neat. This is from the first episode of The Mandalorian. This is, what is the name on this thing? I had it written down earlier. This is called, da, 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 I'm sure you can read it there on the screen. This is the pirate ship. It is known as the Lego Star Wars Pirate Snub Fighter. Comes with a couple of exclusive minifigures as well. But a really nice looking, looking one. First piece of Lego from the new season of The Mandalorian, which is pretty great. Uh, David says, that Beskar phone case is sweet. Right? I love it. I think it's great. And the last thing I'm going to show you, now this couldn't be more perfect for coffee with Kenobi. Joffrey's, which is the coffee that you can get at the Disney theme parks. And I, I'm a massive fan, and not just because I love coffee, not just because I love Disney. But it's actually really great coffee. We actually order it at home too. And this is called Precious Cargo Blend. It is a uh, artesian roasted coffee with a rich and smooth taste. It is medium roast ground coffee. I am really looking forward to trying that. And I thought it was delightful because, you know, coffee with Kenobi, coffee. And of course, who can resist Grogu? So what a great little fun thing. So there you have it, friends. That is a look at what is brewing in the world of Star Wars this week. If you are still with us, then you know we're going to jump into our top fives. Me says, oh my gosh, that I need that coffee in my life. Of course you do. Terry wants to try it. And Blake says, coffee with Grogu. Yes, coming soon to a podcast near you. Liberty can't wait to try it either. I love it. All right, well, now it's time. Let's go ahead and jump into our top five. So this is going to be a lot. This is going to be a lot to cover, a lot to break down, but I am very much looking forward to it with all of you. We've got your top five moments from Metamorphosis and the Apostate. So I think we're just going to do this. At first, I was going to do five and five. Uh, like First, we would do Bad Batch, then Mando, then Bad Batch, then Mando. But I think we'd like to give them each their own separate little areas. Daniel wants to know if it's in decaf. You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I can certainly try to find out. So I think what we'll do is we'll just do Mando. I'm sorry, we'll do Bad Batch first. 
So we'll look at Metamorphosis first, and then we will look at Chapter 17, The Apostate of the Mandalorian afterwards. So get your bad batch list ready, and let's jump into our top fives. So first for me, number five, is the Imperial Arrival. When the Empire shows up at the end to capture the Zillow Beast, there's just something very intimidating and awe-inspiring about it. We've seen the Empire invade several times, several planets in film, in TV, in animation. But seeing it here and knowing that they're there to rescue, but they're also not there to rescue because you can't trust the Empire at all. And it's just very sinister and just gives you a really bad omen, but it's really powerful storytelling. Five for Terry. The very beginning with the sound, cinematography, and the horror movie-like feel, which we talked a lot about on Coffee with Kenobi this week. And I agree with you, Terry. It's absolutely terrific. Absolutely terrific. Uh, David says, a new bad guy, Dr. Royce Hemlock, right out of Nazi history. There is no... Uh, is there actually someone named that? Or close? But it certainly feels that way, for sure. Good call. Minta is number five. The first half of the episode had an alien feel to it, especially at the beginning. Yes, it did. It certainly did. Jason's number five was Scorch. Can't wait to see if he and the rest of the Delta Squad continue to be part of the story. That'll be awesome. Henrik's number five is the Clone Commandos. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Number five for Ben is Dr. Hemlock. He is just so slimy and soft-spoken. He made me shiver. He's a great antagonist following Rampart. He is... The voice work on this is so good. Five for Murray is the movie Alien Feel was fantastic. The ship falling through space... And then seeing the clone commando basically running for his life away from the unseen creature was just a, a master stroke. And Julie's back. Julie, welcome back to the show. She says, the clicking sound, a.k.a. alien. So good. Number five for Brian. Metamorphosis mirroring of the movie Alien. Arian suspenseful music. A lack of lighting on the ship. Very few shots of the beast. Nod to Ross for touching on this first. Yes, he did a good job. Number five for Blake, the bees from the episode, especially once it got big. Reminds me of the Japanese kaiju films like Godzilla, and I'm pretty sure Filoni is a fan of. He absolutely is. In fact, there's an image of using one of those like radar dish things with the laser, the, the points of the laser kind of coming out and reaching a point and then shooting straight. That's right from one of the Godzilla movies. Liberty's five. The storyline with Sid is definitely coming to a head. Really like the scene where the guys and Omega are starting to push back against her. And it's got a great imposing little moment too, where they're just looking at her, her image. Daniel's five is Dr. Hemlock. What a smooth voice and mastermind. Yes, he is something fascinating. Josh says it's the Mazer cannon. Well, there you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, let's go into number four. Number four is Palpatine's Long Game. Josh says David's been spotted at Godzilla Fest in San Francisco. That's so cool. That there is a Godzilla Fest is even cooler, too. Uh, Palpatine's Long Game, when it's revealed at the end of the episode that he, Palpatine, ordered this according to the logs that they sneak in and read before the Clone Wars was over. So when Palpatine was considered a good character in the star wars universe in the mythology of star wars before he became the emperor before the empire he was orchestrating this which we know if we went back and watched the clone wars and but just seeing the way it's revealed is just again so sinister there's a lot of 
evil, nasty stuff in this, and it's just really well done. Number four from Minta, Dr. Hemlock. He kind of reminds me of Thrawn just because of his oddly calm demeanor and mannerisms towards the former ruler of Kamino. That's a good, that's a good catch. A very good catch. I hadn't thought of that, but that's, I like that. Terry says, number four, the surprising efficiency of the Empire in retrieving the creature. Yeah, they don't mess around, do they? Number four from Mary at eight, the crew. Omega seems to be truly terrified at this. Yeah, I thought that was some good voice work. Julie's four is the notion of foreshadowing of a possible Zillow beast, which was great. Jason's number four is Nala says defiance of the Empire because of what they did to her people and homeworld. And then the Bad Batch for Henrik, the Bad Batch exploring the crash ship, which is very well paced. Uh, Josh says there's a fun film festival in August in the classic theater. Tons of fun. Oh, that must be the Godzilla thing. That is cool. Number four for Ben, the clone theme this episode was an epiphany for me. A contrast between episodes one to nine is Palpatine, but not cloning. Also cloning. That's no coincidence in this episode proves it. That's right. That is right. Oh, boy. So much to say. So much to say in so little time. Let's look at the next one. Uh, ben says, I think we're pulling the same thread with our number four date. Oh, cool. I love that. Uh, let's see. Uh, David's four is alien vibes from a star like Mary and Brian and Ross said. Very cool. It's so cool. You know, would you believe I haven't seen the first alien until um, like two years ago? I really liked it. Blake's four is the alien feel the episode had, uh, like the, the episode had has been mentioned before. Not a horror guy, but I love the alien franchise and it nailed the vibe. Truly did. Really well done. Number four for Daniel. The scene where Tech and Omega escape the cloning transport ship. Tech naturally grabs Omega and pulls her to him and away from the explosion blast, which was very exciting and well done. Number four for Liberty, those troopers don't remember what they were called. Was that actually Scorch? You know, I think it is. I thought I saw that on StarWars.com. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I thought so. Brian's number four, Omega knowing about the Kiminoan tech. It's not the same, but the Batch heavily relies on her expert knowledge. I love that she's a walking encyclopedia for how things work. And it's a nice sort of a direct thing to show, you know, kids in real life. Hey, studying pays off, you know, knowing your stuff is very beneficial and not just so you can do well on some sort of a test. So I like that a lot. All right, let's go to three. Boy, this is going to be a long month having two top tens or two top fives in one episode, but let's do it. Let's keep it up. Number three. Uh, for me, it's Dr. Hemlock. Others, others of you have mentioned him earlier, but I really like the design of the character, even the fact that he's got a, a mechanical hand. It appears that anyway, the voice work, the sinister nature of him, um, and the plotting nature of who he is, which is really well done. Number three for Julie is Danger, Danger from the Droid, Danger Will Robinson. Oh, totally. I didn't even think about that. That's right. Mean to three is Omega's familiarity with the Kaminoan tech. She truly seemed comfortable. She was able to navigate with ease, making the Bad Bats' job easier. Yes. Uh, let's see. Terry's number three. Hunter's reaction when Omega says, what could go wrong in a cargo retrieval mission? Fascinating. Uh, and ironic. 
Daniel or David's three seeing another Zillow beast this time eating electricity and screeching at Hunter and Wrecker in the Marauder while on top of the electric plant. Electric plant screeching at Hunter. I love it. David, by the way, you and Aaron have been uh, doing an amazing job on Stars Reactions. A lot of shows lately. I can't get enough of them. Keep up the good work, buddy. Be sure to check out Stars Reactions if you haven't done so already and follow the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You won't regret it. Mary's three is Hemlock basically threatening Omega. Makes us worry about our heroine in the future. That, I can understand that. I can absolutely understand that, Mary. Jason's three, the constant suspense throughout the episode. And Henrik says, seeing Lama Sue again, which was nice. Number three for Ben is the batch is sour with Sid. I'm guessing we're all happy that they're taking, they're talking about breaking from her. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Liberty's three. The droid was telling tech danger added such an element of intensity. The entire thing just so well plotted, wasn't it? Number three for Blake. All the commandos we see during the episode is someone who played the Republic Commando games when they came out. It was crazy to see so many on screen at once. The Empire was untouchable at this point. It's true. Uh, three for Daniel. The Kamino and Tech on the ship and getting to see Nala say again. Very nice. Three for Brian. Tech's discovery of the Zillabies. Modified genetics for stronger armor plating. I, I thought that was fascinating. I wrote that down. Interesting to see what their plan uh, is, or at least getting sort of the seeds of that. Day, uh, David says, thank you, Dan, for listening to our Star's Reactions podcast. Means a lot. Oh, hey, man. Happy to do it. Happy to support my friends. Let's go ahead and jump into number... Blake says, going to check it out. Oh, awesome. So good. Let's go to number two. The full Zillow reveal. And so it took me a while to fully grasp that this was the Zillow Beast. I mean, you sort of suspect it after a while. But when the Zillow Beast is smaller and has this shorter neck, it's not completely easy to know right off the bat. Now it'll be easy for all of us because we've seen this episode. But I really like the the dramatic slow reveal. And then the, the camera pans out and you can see that it's a Zillow Beast and the way it, it growls. It's very much like a classic kaiju thing. And I just really like how it was plotted. It was great. Great, great shooting. Uh, great cinematography on that too. Julie's two is Omega taking charge of the situation with her knowledge and tech accepting it wholeheartedly, which is great. Um, and then Minta's number two is Hemlock using Omega as bait. What does the future hold for her and what is his end game? I know. Not cool, is it? I, I don't like that. And I know you don't either. Uh, Terry's text interpretation of the data download and Hunter realizing it could be important. Yes, that's true. Very, very true. And, and the way that's revealed is really neat. Jason's too. The use of darkness to not only create suspense, but also represent the presence of a larger, more sinister plan. Henrik's two is Tech and Omega working together, which is so fun to see. And uh, kind of a theme this, this season. Liberty's two, the reveal of Zillow Beast to really look like a blurg mixed with something before it grew. The Empire really can't leave things alone, can they? No, they are meddlers. They are meddlers. Uh, Blake says, David says that Blake is a scholar and a gentleman. Well, there you go. It's official. It's canon. Mary's number two is the team sending the data to Echo and Rex. Letting us know they are staying in touch with Rex, which was, I really liked seeing that. I, I don't want Rex to go away. Uh, you never can have too much Rex, in my opinion. Number two for Ben, Lamasu's quote to Hemlock. 
It must be frustrating to have your resources but lack the expertise to achieve your goals. It's a great indictment on the Empire and kind of a nice biting snarky comment too. Two for Daniel, the return of a Zillow beast. I found myself feeling sorry for the darn thing. You know, I did too. And I don't know. It's interesting. I want to see what happens with that. Two for Blake is a continuing reveal of Palpatine's plan for cloning. While it's fleshing out the rise of Skywalker, which I don't have great feelings about, I'm happy they're doing their best to add to the canon we have. You know, if, if anything, it's kind of making me make peace with that movie and uh, building, on, building on it and making that payoff mean a lot more. At least that's how I'm choosing to look at it, but I know what you're saying, Blake, believe me. David's, too, is getting back more backstory on Nala Say and her resistance to Dr. Hemlock, which is understandable, considering the circumstances. Brian, too, is Dr. Hemlock. He's been setting and dropping the relationship of Omega, dropped the relationship of Omega and Nala Say, which is so cowardly, but he does it. All right, let's go to number one. Boy, this is going to be a longer show. I love it. Number one for me is the ominous intro. A lot of you mentioned it uh, earlier in the show, but to me, the way this thing started, uh, not seeing the monster, knowing there is a monster, the way the ship was floating in space and the music and the silence, the sinister noises that you don't know what it is. I thought it was brilliant. I love when they take things and make them a little bit more than you would expect. Modifying the themes, I just thought it was Absolutely brilliant. So I really liked the beginning of this so much. Anytime you can take a familiar thing like Star Wars and and add a new wrinkle to it, but still make it feel like authentic Star Wars, is I am a, I'm very much a fan of. Number one for Julie, the reveal that the hunt is on for Omega. Ties will be tested. Yes, they will. Mary's number one is the Zilla Beast return, especially the King Kong throwback. Yes, yes. Maybe that's more apt than when I said Godzilla. So I like that better, Mary. Good job. Uh, I should have I should have asked you first. I should have checked in because you're right on. Mean to Zone is the return of the Zilla Beast was hard at first to grasp what the creature was. Then the moment they mentioned it, it was the same species that attacked Coruscant during the war and revealed its full form. I lost my mind. It was so cool. Now, I apologize. Uh, if I start to not read every word in your comments, it's not because I don't love and appreciate what you're writing, but I'm trying to save my voice because I still got another top five right after this one. Uh, number one for Daniel, the incredible seriousness and somberness of Scorch and other clone commanders rounding up townspeople done nothing wrong. That was awful. Yeah, that really, that was really weighed heavy on me. Very, uh, very effective. Number one for Terry, finally some clear direction leading to why Omega is important. Oh, interesting, Terry. I want to ask you more about that. Number one for Jason, Hunter playing hardball with Sid and the Batch as a whole calling her to account. And then Henriks number one is the Zillow Beast. Great to see. Liberty says, Alien is one of my top five favorite movies, and the opening made me, uh, might be my favorite Bad Batch episode. So good, Dan. I can't believe you hadn't seen Alien. So I'd seen the second one, Aliens, the Cameron one, but I was really kind of not a big fan of horror movies until a couple years ago when I really got into Halloween, the movie Halloween. And so that, I think, gave me the courage to check out other movies. Minta's honorable mention is Return of Scorch. Cool. Daniel's number one. The epic opening scene of the Imperial Transport 904, all busted up, smoking, motion depth, and the score, awesome animation. Totally. Ben's one is Return of the Zillabies. was a huge treat and surprise. So good. Number one for Blake, the continuing dominance of the Empire. 
The plan, the, uh, the beast had an impact on, didn't ask for trouble, and they still got it. This way they can show how much the empire affected innocent people. Yeah, and that's I think that's important to make this feel more like why we should be concerned about the empire, why we should not uh, feel comfortable when they're around. Brian's one is a reveal of the Zillow Beast. I thought the Empire found a new creature until it grew into his full form. Yeah. Same. Honestly, at first it's like, another creature to keep track of? How many do I have to keep track of? But as it evolved, and then I was like, ah, okay. That makes sense. So I'm not going to show you what's next week yet, although you can probably guess, because we're going to jump into the top five now for Mandalorian. But thank you for sharing your thoughts on Metamorphosis. A terrific, terrific episode. A terrific episode. Uh, so consider this sort of the halftime. Uh, and I want to really quickly talk about pour over this week. As you know, if you are a member of the CWK Alliance, which is a great way to support Coffee with Kenobi, it's our Patreon page. And I'm telling you, I literally can't do the show without Patreon. So I appreciate all of you who help me out every month. And it's not just that you're helping me, you're getting something back. You get access to over two hundred exclusive podcasts and video podcasts that you can't hear anywhere else. The nice thing about pour over, it's always me with co-creator of coffee with Kenobi Corey club and then Tom gross. So, so fun. Uh, I actually have a clip for you and I will get to your comments in a moment. I promise I have a clip for you of this week's show. So I wasn't aware that Stephen Colbert had 15 questions. He asked people, they're very random and silly questions. So this is a clip of two little sections. It's a little over a minute. The first was, uh, let's see, I, one of them is, what is our favorite? Well, one of them is like favorite sandwich, and Corey's response is pretty great. And then the other one, I think, will maybe speak for itself. Maybe out of context it won't. I don't know, but here you go. I would say I, I tend to, to get the club sandwich. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> That's right, I remember. Club. I, remember so. <laughs> <laughs> I get such flack for that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, so bad. But it's, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's good. It's like a little tur turkey and bacon and like uh, lettuce, maybe mayonnaise, like toasted, and it's uh, delicious. I get it You're a lot. You're a little turkey, uh, with, and I love that. I'm, it it is a little party you. and bread. Yeah, <laughs> it is. There's a lot going on time. in the club sandwich. You're right. It's a lot going on in Corey Club. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to keep my finger on the rim shot because I feel like is the oh. smell of coffee. The mm. other one is like the the sugar cookie candle <laughs> smell. <laughs> that is a great smell. Yeah. I mean, cinnamony Christmas stuff is like the best way to, like I've always said, if I was in the forest and you needed to trap a Dan, put that smell underneath the box and that would work. <laughs> Apples and peanut butter. But <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That is a little bit of an excerpt uh, from this week's CWK Prover. Yeah, the second one was favorite smells, and that was just a random clip from that. But it was pretty fun. Uh, pour over is something where uh, it's not only Star Wars, it's all kinds of pop culture, planning, behind the scenes stuff. We have a great time, and hopefully, you have a great time uh, as a member of the CWK Alliance. If you want to know more about it, go to coffeewithkenobi.com slash CWK Alliance or go to the Patreon website and type in Coffee with Kenobi. You'll find it there. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call 
working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Julie, uh, talking about the end of uh, Bad Batch, says, innocent folks getting cut off due to being witnesses was a bummer. Yeah, and it really felt realistic. Blake says, two top fives tonight is putting us all in the Jedi Council. Exactly. Exactly. And then Blake says, so Corey orders his namesake sandwich. Yeah, I know, which I thought was pretty funny, and I think Corey sees the irony in that too, but we definitely going to tease him about that. <laughs> ben says, trap a Dan high. I know that was funny. Deanna got a kick out of that too. Blake says, if someone has talked to Tom multiple times, I can, I can notice he has a game face for that conversation. He does. He very much does. That's interesting. That is a very interesting observation. All right. So let's do it. Let's jump into the Mandalorian. Uh, we've got a separate top five. I've even made a separate screen for it to give it a different atmosphere. But number five for me on the premiere of season three. What a great episode, by the way. I love it. Uh, is the IG-11 statue. I didn't expect to see that, although at the beginning, when they showed, like, you know, sort of a recap of other parts that will be important to the series or that particular episode you're watching, seeing the IG-11 statue made me happy because I really like that character a lot. Uh, let's see. Mary's number five. I love I've gotten I'm getting so many comments. It's, it's great to see so many more of you here. Number five for Mary's in the Navarro sequence. I, Magistrate Grief Cargo, ruling over the gem of the Outer Rim in the confrontation with the pirates, which was so cool to see. Number five for Terry. Lots and lots of Easter eggs and respects paid to other stars' fixtures that the universe um, has tied together a little bit tighter. A lot, a lot of fun stuff. And you may have seen that roundtable I was a part of where I got to talk to John Favreau and Dave Filoni. And they very much said that, hey, expect a lot of Easter eggs. Number five for Aminta, the opening when it revealed the stunning Mandos and showed a Jurassic Park-like creature in the mix. That was awesome. David's five. Uh, Jurassic Park is a good comparison, Aminta. Mando's epic entrance, saving the armor and other Mandos at the start of the episode. Loving that N1 Starfighter. It's so cool, isn't it? I got to see it at Celebration, and it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Number five for Julie. I have a feeling this is not the last time we're going to hear this. No squeeze. Bad baby. Yeah, that's that's awfully good. That's pretty good stuff. Ben's five is a pergola. I seriously cheered at the side of them. Yeah, I have a feeling that's going to come up later in my list, too. Jason's five is Grief Cargo standing is grounding against the pirates and defending his town. That's right. It's a not a bar. It's a school. Love that. Henrik's five is a big alligator creature. Right now, I don't know a name for that thing, but I really liked it, too. Five for Brian is Grogu using the force to spin around in the chair. It's an innocent moment of joy. Grogu's more comfortable in using the force. Now I wonder what his old master Luke would have said about using the force like that. You know, Anakin does it, of course, with Padme uh, in Attack of the Clones when they're eating. But yeah, I, I love that too. It was so charming. Uh, let's see. Oh, Liberty, I don't know if I caught your number five, but I'll mention here. I thought the opening was a flashback and that was Din. The entire opening was a surprise. It was a really great little storytelling moment. Uh, let's see. 
Blake's five is a little Babu Fricks, aliens in their weird things with a droid, and Grogu trying to keep one as a pet. Bad baby. So good. The Anzellians is what those little dudes are called. Dana says, no fix, brokey, brokey. And Dana says, ah, I was wondering what he was looking at. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, anybody else? I see everybody's still here. I don't want to skip anybody. So if you have a number five, uh, feel free to add it here. And remind me, I've, I've got a fun little thing I'm going to show you later, too. All right, well, if you have a number five later, feel free to pop it in here. But I'm going to jump to number four. Number four for me is the Mando Rescue. A lot of you mentioned it, but I like the fact that at the beginning, the Mandalorian just shows up and they play just a little hint of his theme as he swoops in and blasts that creature, saving everyone. And, and now you're like, oh, wait, that isn't Mandalorian as a kid. I thought it was really smart how they chose to reveal the Mandalorian for us for the first time. Terry's number four, I couldn't tell in the beginning, was Din's story or the current time frame which is pretty smart, pretty cool stuff. Number four for Minta is the IG-11 statue. Uh, and then he acted like a creepy whore doll at the end. Yeah, that was that was something else for sure. Brian's four, there is the rising career of high mage straight Karga. He shows you can control your destiny and overcome any obstacle. Yeah, it's never too late to make a change. And he does that. Uh, let's see. Julie's four is the misdirection of the baptism of the beginning. It's so cool. Very good storytelling. Both Jason and Heinrich have the same number four, the Pergil from Rebels. Love that. Excuse me, I had to clear my throat there. Use the cough button. Daniel's four, the asteroid battle in space really gave me Attack of the Clones vibes with Django and Boba trying to blow up Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. That's a good catch. And the way Mando just appeared was so cool. Liberty says the four of the pirates are great. The look and the characters in general. Yeah, nice to see. New creatures, too. Our new species. Mary's four is the beach scene at the beginning with the gator slash turtle creature and Mando and Grogu sweep in to save the day. So good. Daniel's four is pirate dog fighting. Yes. Ben's four is now that's using your head. IG-11 coming back and Mando making that sort of 80s action figure or action hero quip, which is pretty funny. Ryan's four. I'm sorry, Blake's four. The four space whale things per gills. I'm really showing off my kid of knowledge tonight, not remembering names. That's okay, man. Uh, the fact that Grogu saw them, we have Ahsoka coming up soon, made it a beautiful moment. I, I I thought of that, too. It was really kind of a neat little homage to hopefully what we will see in the future. All right, let's go to number three. Number three is the bait and switch, similar to what I have for four. But I love at the beginning that I wasn't sure if that was Din Djarin as a kid or not. I thought his hair didn't match, his ethnicity didn't match, based on the actor we saw in season one, whenever there were flashbacks. But I thought, well, maybe it's him. I don't I don't really know. And, but something just didn't feel right. But it certainly worked, and it tricked me. And it wasn't until Mando shows up in the Starfighter that we actually know, no, it's actually not him. So that was great. I really liked the execution of that. That was really cool. Three for Julie is uh, the Vane slash Bane rhyming coincidence. Hmm. I don't think it was a coincidence. At least that's my opinion. I thought that was just uh, clever and a good catch, Julie. That's certainly how I took it. It was just fun. Mean to three, I love that they brought in the Babu Fricks. It was adorable. Yet hilarious when Grogu was hugging one of them like a puppy. It was funny. It was very funny. One of my favorite scenes. 
Terry's IG loving can be rebuilt. Hopefully this turns out for the better. Yeah, I'm still not a little torn on that. I mentioned that on Coffee with Kenobi this week. I, I, I still think if a character dies or is sacrifices for the greater good, that they should stay gone. But it's a droid. So I don't know. I trust these guys uh, and girls and people to tell a good story. So we'll see. We'll see. Mary Strays, the Pergils in hyperspace was gorgeous. It really was a work of art, wasn't it? I agree. Blake's Ray is Din and Grogu being back together. There's a whole conversation about a three union should have been now. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, the, the Mandoverse, which is something that is not officially a coined term. But Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett has some very important Mando and Grogu moments that there are must, absolute must see. So you're not lost. But I, I know what you're saying about the conversation. It's interesting to think about. Brian's three, the Mandos rescue the, uh, the rest of the other Mandos. Use a torpedo on the giant alligator, just like Anakin used one on the Trade Federation ship. Oh, interesting. Uh, Blake loved it. He loved he loved the episode. I did too, man. Ben's uh, number three, Grief. You think so? Try me. Vayne and his gang are no match for Grief and Mando. It was pretty cool. You know, if I had an honorable mention, it would be when when Din says his name is Grogu and um, and uh, Grief Car is like, yeah, okay, whatever. And he just wasn't even affected by it all. I thought that was hilarious. Three for Liberties. I like seeing Navarro thriving, more great world building, and lots of fun characters and how they made IG into a statue. It was cool. Like, it was brighter, everything about it. Daniel's number three is the opening scene. It was a bit long, but worth it. I felt sorry for the gator. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, you know, for all we know, it was just defending its territory. So who knows how that works. But I know what you mean. Jason in Hendrix 3 is Grogu using the Force to spin himself around in Grief Karga's chair. So fun. Uh, David 3 is Grogu seeing the Pergil in hyperspace, really thinking about Rebels. Throw on Ezra and what may come. I uh, know. I hear you, dude. I hear you. All right, let's go to two. We're doing great. We're doing great so far. Number two for me is No Squeeze, Bad Baby. It's been mentioned a lot, so there's not much more for me to say, but it was adorable. Mason laughed so hard, and that was worth it all to me. Totally worth it to me. So that's my number two. That's all I have to say about that one. It was just great. Two for Mintas, the cameo with the Pergils was a great Easter egg. I have a strong feeling we'll see them in, in Ahsoka. It's very possible. Uh, ben says, if you say so, ha, agree, great moment. We all want to know his name so bad, but Grief didn't care. Yeah, it just shows that, you know, how we feel as fans is way different than how it always is in the story, which is pretty clever. Terry's number two. Grogu's connection to the Force is still strong. It's so strong that he can now use it without extreme fatigue and his experience with the Pergils. Yeah, that's that's a different Force ability, uh, too, that being able to connect with animals. Uh, so yeah, pretty neat, pretty neat. Uh, Julie's number two is a relationship change for Mando and Grief Karga uh, slash Carl Weathers. It's cool. I love seeing that authentic friendship. Liberty is an absolute yes to Mando saying his name is Grogu. Honorable mention. It's great stuff. Jason Hendricks too is Grogu hugging the Anzellian, which is adorable, as we've said. Uh, Julie, no, no problem at all. I appreciate you being here. Um, totally great. Uh, Dave, Davis, too, has seen the Anzillions on Navarro and Grief Karga trying to translate for Mando. It was so funny. Yeah, and I like how 
uh, they were, he was like, man, I was like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm right there. That was pretty fun. Seeing the process of the, the, the change in Navarro after three seasons, they gave us so much to show the progress. The monkey lizards aren't on the spick anymore. They are free in the trees. Yep. Not bothering anybody. Kowaki monkey lizards just hanging out. Mary's two of the Anzillions were great. Cargar interpreting for Din. We can imagine Din rolling his eyes. Oh yeah, absolutely. The best part was the no squeeze bad baby. Two for liberties of Pergils. They are so interesting. I really think so too. Mina's honorable mention is grief. Owning the pirates of Navarro. Nuff said. Boom. Drop the mic. Two for Daniel. Seeing grief again in the brief mention of Cara Dune. Grief has become a, re a pushy real estate agent. <laughs> yes, he has. That's funny. Number two for Ben is the Anzellians. Grogu channels all of us and gives him a squeeze. Again, that was just so fun. So fun. Number two for Brian is no squeeze, bad baby. We always have the subtitles on and we were laughing so hard. We do too because it gives you sometimes names. Pretty fun. But there can only be one number one. Let's get a drum roll in here. My top moment for the premiere of The Mandalorian Season 3. I mean... I love Star Wars Rebels. It's like one of my favorite things. So when I saw Pergils in live action, albeit just a silhouette, and knowing that Grogu is connecting with them, or at least noticing them, was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I was just like, that was that was great, great, great to see. I'm going to turn that down. It's too loud. But it was great to see. So great to see. I was very happy about that. So it was, I knew no matter what happened, unless Luke showed up again, uh, the Pergils is going to be my top choice. So good. Number one for Terry, the continued opposing views of Mando culture between Din and Bo-Katan. I expect a great change from one of them by season's end. I hope so. Mintas number one is Kid Never Trust a Pirate. Uh, did anyone notice that the captain looks like Swamp Thing? I did. That seaweed beard, pretty cool. The one for Blake is just being back with Din. He's the Clint Eastwood of Star Wars. After a few years, let his flagship show. I'm so ready for the season. Oh, I know. I hear you, man. David's one is a conversation in the episode between Mando and Bo-Katan. Yeah, there's like some great tension. Can't wait to see what's going on there. The reason one is the Anzellians. No squeeze will actually be our new catchphrase. Yes. Julie said, number one, his name is Grogu. Here of a thousand faces revealed for family connection. Oh, that's fun. Number one for Mary. The final scene with Bo-Katan on, on Kalevala in her castle. She seems so defeated and is not in a good place. It's only up from here. I like your optimism. Number one for Jason is the Mandalorian is back. And number one for Henrik is Grogu. Yes, Grogu, the best. Uh, Ben's number one is a dogfight. Watching Mando zip around the N1 and take out the pirates was exhilarating. It was a great little sequence. Uh, Mary says, they were connected tonight. That's for sure. I guess that was pretty good. Daniel's number one is a view of all the different Mandos and their armor variety. A lot of great uh, action figure possibilities there. And Dave says, Mary, we are thinking alike again. I love it. Well, wow, this worked out beautifully. I can still talk. Uh, that is a huge, huge win. Uh, so then you're thinking, well, okay, what's next week? Uh, so you've got the next Bad Batch series, the uh, episode, The Outpost, and then chapter 18 of... The Mandalorian. That's right. Well, now let's go ahead and take a look at that. Take a look, but now we're going to jump to Ask DNC.
Wow, my hair is short there. Okay. Daniel says, does Bo-Katan sit in that chair all day? That's what I was wondering. Brian's number one was Din's changing relationship with Grogu. He's now sharing his tips on getting around the galaxy, which is fun. Julie's honorable mentions for the child seat in the shop and seeing the space whales. Place to sign with the CWK live to remember. I appreciate that. Thank you. Terry, we're about three months from the Star Cruiser. Looking forward to meeting everyone. I know I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. Uh, I've had a lot of people asking me about it recently, actually, which is cool. I'll put the image up there just in case. We go to coffeewithkenobi.com slash mousefantravel. It's June 12th to the 14th. And we're really looking at sort of a meetup at Disney Springs on June 11th, the night before. But more on that as we get closer. Just kind of keep that in mind if you are attending. Or if you're not going to be on a Star Cruiser, but just want to meet up with people who are, meet me, Tom, Corey, Mason, everybody else. Uh, that will be June 12th to the 14th. Uh, Julian, so are we doing anything on the West Coast? Well, as right now, we don't have anything specific planned, but um, the wheels are constantly in motion for sure. Ben says, how about Mando going full day with Grogu, my honorable mention? Pretty cute. Pretty cute stuff. All right, so I promised something fun. Uh, just real quick. Actually, you know what? I'm going to save it for next week. I'm going to save it for next week. I've got um, an unboxing that I want to do next week, but I will save it for next week. Uh, this is right with you, Terry. Disney Springs meetup. Yes. Cool. That will be so fun. That will be so fun. Well, it's really, really fun. Let me cue the music here. It was great chatting with all of you. Man, almost an hour, and this is the biggest crowd we've had in a long time, so I'm really happy about that. A chai tummy. Well, that's a lot closer to where I am. Um, ben, how's my voice? My voice is good. I'm actually giving a presentation while at a local university. So I think I'll be fine. Talking all day as a teacher certainly helps. And I said I would bring something to drink. And I didn't. But that's all right. That's all right. It's doing really well. It's great because you all inspire me with your Star Wars insights, your friendship. I have a great time talking with all of you about Star Wars. And I hope that you had a great time joining me on the show as well so again next week of course we're going to again look at the next two episodes uh first of mando and of the bad batch i have seen both episodes i've seen tomorrow's bad batch and i have seen tomorrow's the mandalorian and let me tell you friends i mean it's from the bottom of my heart i'm not going to spoil anything you know i don't spoil don't go on social media until you've seen both of them because just trust me don't go on social media until you watch both The Bad Batch and The Mandalorian tomorrow. It will be worth the wait. I promise you. These are two can't-miss episodes. That is a Dan Zare guarantee. It's zerified, as my students say. They always say, if I'm saying something, is that zerified, Mr. Zare? I'm like, yep, it's zerified. So, trust me, the two episodes tomorrow are brilliant. Mean to May the Force be with you. And she says, you could guess lecture at UCSB. I have connections. All right, hey, let me know. Danzy at coffeewithkenobi.com. Uh, Jason, have a great night. Thank you, man. Uh, Blake Knight, buddy, thanks for joining us. Larry says, congratulations, you made it out with a voice. I know, pretty impressive. Mary, have a great week uh, as well. See you next week. Looking forward to it. Terry's waking up early for the duo episode tomorrow. Can't wait. Oh, you're going to love it, man. Larry, nice to connect with you. It's nice to connect with all of you. We will see you next week. David, thank you for joining us. Good night to you. Ben says, go to sleep. Got to wake up early. That's right. Get that alarm ready for an amazing two episodes of Stars tomorrow. I will see you next time. Be on the lookout this week for an episode on The Bad Batch and a separate one on The Mandalorian, of course, here next Tuesday. And I've also got a special episode 
coming up with a Star Wars author who just released a brand new book today. Be on the lookout for that as well. Thank you so much, everybody. May the Force be with you. And remember, this is the podcast you're looking for. See you next time. This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Coffee with Kenobi unless otherwise indicated. This is the podcast you're looking for.